0: Hello and welcome. It's David Widmar joining you this week for the weekly recap of what we've been thinking about, what we've been writing about, and a few things going on with the AEI Premium website. I'm joining you this week from New Orleans at the Commodity Classics. It's been great to see several of you in the booths, in the trade show. Looking forward to meeting a few more of you in the coming days. So it's March the 11th as I'm recording this. So let's talk a little bit about some of the latest stuff we've posted on the website. First piece here I want to talk a little bit about is an article that we had several folks emailing us about. Great questions with respect to the spring versus fall crop insurance price window. Of course, we set the spring price window back in February. Soybeans at an all-time high, corn among the highest. And the questions have been kind of multiple fold. They've been sort of big picture as to, you know, what's the possibility of having even higher prices? Thinking about the outlook for the grain prices, or the outlook for the farm sector. And a few others have been asking us to help them think about you know, crop insurance specific decisions they should be considering as to where this might be. Not to you know recap this whole article, but one thing that really jumped out at us is they're not the same. And so one thing that's similar between corn and soybeans is that the average is misleading. So for corn, the average change over nearly 15 years of data, 16 years of data, is nine cents a bushel lower. So on average, the fall price is nine cents a bushel lower. But about two thirds of the time, it goes lower. One third of the time, it goes higher. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of extreme case scenarios. So you know, there's a couple years where that fall price is more than a dollar fifty per bushel higher. So it definitely sort of skews those range of outcomes. For soybeans, fall price is about a penny higher on average. But again eight times it's equal or lower than the spring price seven times it's above. So it's a little more uniform. but as you can see there's some extreme ranges here as well. For soybeans, you know, fall prices that are two dollars higher has occurred uh, one year, way back in 2008 the fall price was four dollars a bushel lower. So just helping folks think about that we have two new forecast questions asking about the probability that fall price window being, greater than the spring price window. Uh, I use the base rate of about 50% chance for soybeans, about third probability for corn. But of course, we're gonna be able to dial those in as our expectations firm up as we start to move into the summer and into the early fall. So this is a long burn question. You can definitely calibrate your expectations as we move forward. The other article we had in here was thinking about the acreage debate. Given we have these price ratios coming out of the crop insurance window, 2.43 for the soybean corn price ratio. We dropped these into the model to think about where the range of possible outcomes might be. So just to capture a few ideas, the USDA had a February estimate from their outlook form. This isn't survey-driven data. It's, it's a model-driven process. And a couple things come to mind, they have wheat acres up a little bit, soybean acres up as well. In total, they increased million acres across corn, soybeans, wheat, and cotton. I think that's a pretty big movement, especially considering we had low preventive planting in 2021. So not only is it an increase over last year, it's also an increase given the low preventive planting scenario. When we take a look at the model, you can of course read a little bit more. One thing that we tried to stress with this conversation about the model is that price ratio has been moving around a lot and so we saw the price ratio for corn and soybeans get as high as 2.5 back in the fall and then it fell as low as 2.2 back in december and we got back up to 2.43 those are millions of acres of swing between corn and soybeans but the biggest piece here that we're really trying to help people think about is what are going to be the implications for total acreage we think total acreage is gonna be really important to keep an eye on. Finally, the article that Brent and I spent quite a bit of time um, working on for you is a what we're thinking about memo. And we tried to unpack some of the chaos. We talk about chaos and decision-making and it's like chaotic weather. You take two variables that seem to counteract each other, that seem like they wouldn't create chaos, but when you mix them, they don't average each other out. They don't smooth each other out. They get volatile. So in weather, it's a warm, humid day with a cool front, with cool, dry air. When those two mix, you get a big thunderstorm in the Great Plains. In decision-making, we've observed that it's uncertainty, uncertainty about grain prices, uncertainty about the conflict in Ukraine, uncertainty about supply chain availability. But when you add a torrent of information, way too much information, it creates chaos. And you would think that the abundance of information would be valuable. We're actually usually seeking out more information to make better decisions, but it's the equivalent of turning the volume up really, really loud. And now you can't hear the relevant information. It's harder for you to find the key insights because this volume has been turned up very, very loud. Sometimes it's just nature. And sometimes there's just people out there screaming into the ether, sort of half-baked ideas or trying to Create chaos to generate clicks and generate engagement in this attention driven economy. And so, clickbait attention driven economy. And so what we did in this article is we stepped back and talked a little bit about some of the key issues we've seen. We talked about futures markets uh, where they've been in the last few weeks. We've talked about the cash grain markets where they're sort of having some trouble as producers are finding the basis or widening out considerably. Why does that happen? Talked a little bit about the CRP program. We probably wrote about the CRP program more than the average definitely and probably wouldn't say more than anybody else but more than average. And so we've had a lot of context there, a lot of articles we were writing last fall that provide a lot of value to that. We talked about the RFS and how any changes to the RFS is going to be a double-edged sword. It's going to maybe result in less corn being used, but it's going to also reduce the supply of distiller screens and fuel ultimately for the fuel supply. And you know, helping folks sort of think about how can I insulate my thinking? How can I move back? forward. And I think one of the key pieces here that we wanted to share, and hope you read this and share this article uh, with your peers and colleagues and friends and neighbors, is for a lot of us, our estimates for where commodity prices might be six months from now or a year from now, our estimates where the acreage situation will play out for 2022, uh, where our budgeted estimates and projections are going to be, those specific point estimates likely haven't changed and likely haven't changed very much. However, all the uncertainty and all the chaos has made us spread out or widen the range of possibilities that might be possible or observable. And this is equivalent to saying, you know, I'm less confident than I was just a few weeks ago. Uh, I still think I might be able to get 550 for a cash price on my farm this year but the range of possible outcomes is much wider. And that is a reflection of confidence. And that's admittedly a very uncomfortable place for decision makers to be. And I think a lot of folks have been sort of stirring the chaos spot because it's uncomfortable to be in this point of admitting there's less certainty today than there was just a few weeks ago or a few months ago when we made our initial projections and budgets. And so we hope you can think about that and reflect about that in the specifics for your operation as you move forward. One last piece that I will share and I want to mention is we had a question close with respect to commodity prices. And the question was specifically the probability of the December 2022 corn futures getting over 650 a bushel. Check your scores. I got the 75th percentile. As you can see, look like the consensus didn't change fast enough as we were moving through this February and early March time period. You know, the highest I got my forecast was about eighty percent. I should have been dialing it in even higher as we got to the beginning uh, days of March. But you know, a big change in the outlook. Keep in mind, back in January we opened this question. The commodity prices for corn were trading about five fifty a bushel. We had one question that was. Probability getting above 650, and one question the probability getting below 450. So we put a plus a dollar minus a dollar window in there, and you can see how this is played out. We had hit 654, a high there on March the 8th that um resolved this question. It actually hit 650 on the dot uh, a couple days before, briefly traded at 650 and zero tenths of a cent. So It didn't trip the question then, but we got it a few days later. I thought I was going to to come on here and sort of take some bruising from those who had anticipated this, You know, getting really specific about the definition there. But uh, we crossed 650 here on the 8th of this week. And we're going to revisit, it's called Moving the Chains. We're going to move these price points up a little bit and we'll see, have new questions coming online in a couple of weeks. But don't forget to, Change your expectations about that lower bound, that 450 that we initially had. That's still in play. It might not be a relevant price point, but adjust your forecast as you see fit in light of this. And so we'll add another question, sort of pushing a bar higher above 650 and lower than 650. And we'll do the same for soybeans. Soybeans about two weeks ago crossed its upward threshold as well. So thanks. Thank you all for joining us. Encourage you to check out the latest articles, especially that what we're thinking about memo with respect to Ukraine. We tried to just add a few nuggets of insights that you can share either in conversation or formally, of course, as a PDF, you can forward that along uh, fairly easily to friends and colleagues, but just trying to help people think about both sides of an argument per se, or sort of stepping back and looking at the situation from a 30,000 foot vantage point and sort of thinking about what are all these moving pieces to help you navigate what's otherwise a very chaotic in difficult decision making situation again i'm david widmar thanks so much for joining us until next time stay curious